Hi, and welcome to episode 49 uh, of Walk to Work. Today uh, is a really exciting episode for me because uh, I'm continuing on my kind of uh, book report of black and white styles in conflict. And we're addressing two big topics, uh, which are turn-taking um, and um, self-control. Uh, which I think are the the two uh, I've been kind of progressing slowly and with great detail uh, and it's because it's kind of leading up to these two points um, we're only a small portion into the book uh, maybe I'll go more generally later but it's leading into these two points which one um, was completely new information to me and two I think is the crux uh, of uh, the book um, in terms of cultural differences that explain uh, a lot of the um, uh, problems with race relations uh, in the States but also in Europe um, or globally basically um, and I think these are also super relevant for dancing and give a really strong answer um, not the one is necessarily needed but they contribute to giving a strong answer to why um, uh, to, to why understanding uh, um, black culture is uh, an important element uh, of um, understanding blues and lindy hop. And also how, um, uh, the other way around, how, how we can make um, our blues and lindy hop uh, something uh, meaningful uh, in terms of gain, gaining uh, appreciation for black culture. So, we were in classroom modalities uh, and we were looking at roles and responsibilities. So we're seeing uh, that um, the need for struggle, the need for uh, debate and discussion to evaluate uh, the truth um, of um, any given idea um, was paramount to, to, to black culture. Uh, and black style of, of debating. Uh, and so this means that uh, you have certain responsibilities. You have a responsibility to participate because if you disagree with something, only by participating can this disagreement be known and can we reach something uh, closer to, uh, to the truth. Uh, and that's because um, any idea has to be validated by the participants in the debate. You can't just say, ah, well, X and Y have shown that. Uh, you, you have to discuss it and, and validate it. And so you have this responsibility uh, to help certify knowledge. And there's an additional uh, responsibility uh, which comes in here, uh, which is related to uh, turn-taking. And Kochman explains, again, this is a source of conflict between blacks and whites, uh, black and white students in classrooms. Uh, and so he describes how uh, the, the white um, classroom rule is you raise your hand, you're recognized by the instructor, and you take your turn. And so these turns will happen mostly in order. And if you have the floor, you have the floor for as many points as you would like to make. And the black rule uh, is not that. The black rule is you come in when you can. So as soon as the current speaker has made at least one point, because to come in before they'd made a point would be rude, you can come in. And you can come in with a new point, 
or you can come in with a point uh, ideally that's related to the one that the current speaker has, has just made. If multiple people want to come in, uh, deference may be made to whoever's point is uh, most pressing. And deference would also be made to status, uh, especially age, I expect, um, but also other things, occupation, experience, uh, and other things. Um, and so this means that in black discussion, those who are more self-assertive and those who are able to keep track of the pulse of the interaction and come in just at the right moment uh, will, be, will be able to participate more easily. If uh, you're not that self-assertive, people will help you come in, but only if you're trying to. Like if you're trying and failing, they will help you. If you're not even trying, they'll be like, well, wh why are you quiet? Um, and sometimes it's okay for multiple people to, in black culture to be talking at the same time, competing uh, for an audience. And whoever uh, has the better points, has the more passion, has the better style, they will gain the most audience and they will be the person who, who has the floor. And so this causes kind of conflict over turn length. Um, from black culture perspective, you make one or two points because each of those points has to be discussed and validated before you can move on. So uh, when whites hold the floor and keep the floor with multiple points, uh, that doesn't work within the overall style of uh, having a debate, having a discussion. Um, and not only that, if you have longer turns, then uh, you're kind of quelling the ability for people to be able to participate spontaneously uh, and express disagreement at the point where they are feeling that disagreement, as opposed to kind of botting up their disagreement for, and expressing it later. Uh, and as I was saying, in, in white culture, you get your turn at some point, and then the, its importance whether what you have to say is interesting, is useful, or even is relevant, if what you have to say is pertinent, um, it doesn't. That doesn't come into whether you get your turn or not. Uh, it's dem democratic. Everybody gets a turn. In black culture, the more important or relevant the po your point, the more on time you came in. And if what your point is not worthwhile or is not relevant to the current thing that's being debated, there'll be a challenge, uh, quoting, what did you come in with that for? And this comes down uh, to a wider cultural thing, which is uh, the way that black culture values individual expression. Um, so both uh, showing, uh, basically participating externally based on what you're feeling internally. Um, and so in black culture, you self-regulate your participation based on your own assessment of what you want to say, how strong, how pertinent you think it is, and how strongly uh, you feel that you have something to say. Um, and then, once you have the floor, you can keep the floor conditional on your peers agreeing with what you're saying and agreeing with its inter interest and agreeing with its uh, relevance. Um, and so if you go off topic or you try to make too many points you'll be, or you say something that people think is wrong, you, once you've made that point you will be interrupted. Uh, whereas in white culture we have this impulse to uh, restrain ourselves. 
the 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 uh, no, we have uh, this restraint against impulses is actually what I want to say. Um, the impulse to assert ourselves is something that must be checked and we use uh, external structures to regulate this. Um, and so you can see this in dancing. We really like coming in at the end of a phrase because that gives a really clear point of when we're coming in and when it's appropriate to interrupt another person and not feel like we're hogging the floor. Um, and once the turn is granted uh, to white people, um, we then are able to keep the turn for as long as we want. Uh, and there's something really interesting in that, is that both in debate and in dancing, uh, this kind of resonates with me. Like If I'm given the floor, I can have the floor, but uh, I feel quite reluctant to give myself the floor, to impose myself on the floor. And the same with, uh, yeah, in both. Um, but the interesting thing here is that, uh, so like the, the result, if you consider the result, when white people stay in too long, they will get interrupted by black people and they will consider this rude. White people will consider it rude to be interrupted while they have the floor. But black people consider that if you're hogging the floor for too long, you're being selfish. Um, and so there's other parts uh, where this difference between black and white uh, uh, style is... I'm still not, I'm, as I've said before, I'm willing to accept that these are differences and that we should account for these differences. Uh, but intuitively or instinctively or even reasonably, uh, I have trouble with the idea that um, the classroom, the black class style of debate uh, is as valuable as the white one. Like, uh, there's impartiality towards ideas, um, feels better towards me, feels more scientific. Um, maybe it's completely an illusion, but I'm just saying this, this is how I feel about it. Whereas if I think about, oh, I'm feeling great satisfaction in my self-restraint, in not coming in, not interrupting people. But if I'm given the floor, I will keep that floor and keep it and keep it and keep it and not at all feel like I'm rude for keeping the floor. I was given it. Um, and so it's really interesting that the same self-restraint that I have in not taking the floor, um, I also, it doesn't extend to when I'm on the floor to being self-restrained and exiting it. I mean, people do. You also do that. We also do exit it. Um, but the impression is, oh, people who interrupt you, they just don't care. They just think that their participation is more important than anyone else's. And this doesn't seem to be the case. It seems like uh, in black culture, you self-assess whether you should come in. And you do, based on your assessment. And then you also self-assess how long uh, you should stay in, based again on your own assessment, but also on the, the signals you're getting from people on, on, on whether you're being, you're being interrupted. Uh, so it's not like one, basically, well, yeah, my point is that it's not like one style uh, is deferent to other people uh, and the other style is not deferent to other people. Both styles um, are deferent to other people, deferent to community and the need for regulation within community, but uh, go different ways about it. And I think that's an important thing to, to be recognized. Um, 
So Kahneman goes on to talk about uh, capacities. So basically, what our abilities are to participate in black uh, versus white styles of classroom uh, debate uh, and how people's various capacities um, uh, uh, influence whether they're able to, to be productive or even participative members. Uh, so he starts off, so uh, what happens is whites are not participating often uh, in the classroom and blacks uh, are quite confused by this. They're like, what, do you not have an opinion? Um, and you must be agreeing with what is being said currently because if you disagreed, you would speak up. And this is something that exists in black culture. Blacks have uh, what Kochman quotes as an impulse towards truth. That if someone says something that you disagree with, you have a role and responsibility to speak up uh, and say it. And so there's an assumption uh, for blacks uh, that there are external factors against speaking up, the risks uh, that there might be, but that there aren't internal factors. If you want uh, to speak, you will speak. And so they less understand, uh, or they're described as less understanding, uh, that you might have psychological inhibitions uh, against speaking up. And again, this is because of the greater freedom for individual assertion and expression that black culture has, especially for spontaneous, 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 spontaneous um, um, expression. And there's points where your self-expression is required. So this is the case in signifying, this is the case in rapping, this is the case in call and response, uh, and Kochman argues this is also the case uh, in debate. Where white culture values this restraint, the reigning in of impulses. So showing off in white culture is generally viewed negatively, whereas in black culture, what in the 70s was variously called styling out, showboating or grandstanding, uh, is viewed positively. And so uh, this means just in classroom debates, white students are actually at a disadvantage compared to black students uh, in that they are going to be more self-restrained in their participation and they're just not able to participate uh, in the ways that, black, uh, that blacks are. And also that blacks kind of assume they're the oppressed minority here. Um, there's no external risks to black students participating. Why are they not doing so? And they don't recognize, oh, there's maybe some self-restraint, there's maybe some modesty, there's maybe other factors that are inhibiting their participation here. And so this brings us to, to self-control. So whites see the, the... And I think this is really the crux uh, of this book. Whites see restraint of impulses as a valuable form of self-control. When they see blacks not restraining their impulses and emotions, they assume that blacks cannot simultaneously have self-control. So, for whites, you feel an emotion. To express it outwardly, spontaneously, without check, would be lacking restraint. And once you lack restraint, well, what, this could lead to fighting, uh, this could lead uh, to arguments, this could lead uh, to... Uh, uh, words that you can't date back, uh, it leads to bad things. Uh, so when you have strong emotions, the more you care about what's going on, the more you hide those emotions and conceal them and constrain them. Whereas, uh, and you know that if things get heated, that's an intensity that you can't handle. 
And so whites assume that blacks feel the same way, that if they are getting heated and intense and emotional in their debating and their negotiating uh, in life in general, that it means that they lack self-restraint and self-control uh, and whites project that as a negative thing uh, about black culture. And blacks, on the other hand, they value self-expressiveness. Uh, and they value what is, again, a common quote says, getting it together, the harmonizing of the internal and the external as a form of self-control. So what you feel and what you express, if they are harmonized together, then that means you have it, you have it together, you're in control, um, uh, and is a way of, of having emotions, but being in control of those emotions because you express them genuinely and honestly, and that's how you let them not get out of control. And he quotes uh, someone whose name I've forgotten, an emotion is never out of control when it fits the modality it is released in. Uh, and I think this directly ties to so many things, like how we view black people um, as being dangerous, how we view black people as being overly loud and self-expressive in public, and how we, like I grew up inherently thinking of these things as being negative. Uh, I saw the cultural difference and thought, oh, that's weird. These people must clearly be uneducated, must clearly not be able to show the self-restraint that white people do. Uh, and that was uh, incredibly short-sighted of me uh, in that these are cultural differences that aren't... Uh, that if any of them, if either of them is inferior, it's clearly the one where you are unable to express your emotions uh, spontaneously and um, where if you do get so emotional that you can no longer restrain yourself, then all cards are off the table and you're going to be yelling and fighting and screaming. Um, that, that doesn't seem healthy, uh, and it seems like that's a lot of how people get uh, into, uh, into fights and into arguments uh, and into situations they can't back out of. And it also relates to how, how we, um, culturally and also institutionally, so the police, uh, the education system, uh, view uh, the expressiveness of black people um, and uh, the risks that are there. So that's a big one. Uh, just branching back, uh, other factors uh, in classroom participation. Uh, blacks tend to not disagree uh, in front of whites, or at least this was the case in classrooms in the 70s. So they seem to present this united front that whites feel isolated um, against. And so then they're even less likely to participate and blacks get more frustrated that they're not participating and increase their pressure on whites to talk and they're goading them into talking. Uh, and then whites drop the class and uh, Kaufman's saying that was a frequent pattern. And the other thing is that whites were afraid of being chastised for their personal views. They kept being asked where they're coming from what's their personal opinion on a complex topic or a difficult topic such as racism? And they're like, I'm not going to tell you what I think about racism. Like, I, what do you want from me? Do you want me to admit that I'm racist? And that's not what uh, blacks were trying to push them to. Blacks were trying to push them to where are you coming from? What is it you believe? Because it's important for us to be able to have this debate. Um, and so they're not looking for personal admission of guilt. They're just looking for context to know where the, this contender in this discussion uh, is coming from. Um, 
So yeah, turn-taking uh, directly related to self-control, which again is directly related to everything or to a large part of how uh, whites view black culture and black style uh, from individual people uh, viewing other individuals to uh, institutions uh, and um, education systems viewing uh, black people. Uh, I think those, the drawing those steps is in so few steps uh, from turn-taking to uh, Black Lives Matters uh, is really powerful uh, and slightly unexpected to me. And so I was really excited a couple of uh, weeks ago we taught a class on turn-taking that was largely uh, inspired from uh, this turn-taking class. Um, and we weren't saying this is how you put on um, uh, you pretend that you're black and take turns. That was not how we did the class. Uh, no turn-taking blackface. But saying, Here, let's examine how uh, we naturally turn-take. How much of this is based uh, on uh, our sense of restraint versus our sense of uh, self-expression. And let's tap into uh, the desire to self-expression um, and, the, the, and see where that leads us. Um, and so we were, we were experimenting with um, do you currently, what is your current uh, level of intensity with regard to the music or to what other people are doing? Do you feel the undying need, undying, is that the word? Uh, to come in, to participate, to enter the, the, the jam circle. Uh, I mean as a dancer, if that's not obvious, dance classes. Um, uh, and if you do, you should do so. And then once you're in there, you have granted yourself this position, therefore you hold it, uh, but you have to hold it responsibly. You have to do your thing until you're done with your thing uh, to give other people the chance to respond. And sometimes you'll take your own chance to respond um, and you'll see, oh, this person has nothing left to say. It's okay for me to come in at this point because what they're saying is no longer interesting or pertinent and you have to be a little bit careful with that like especially in a, a, a mostly white people context and in a class context uh, but generally that's if you see how you can view this as a good thing uh, it's very good for a person to be like hey looks like you're done let me help you out with exiting this jam circle by coming into it um, yeah uh, so that was when to come in and when it's your turn, kind of seeing who has the more intensity to coming in at any one point. And if the intensity rises, well, multiple people can go in, even more than in a classroom debate. Uh, you can have multiple people dancing at the same time because they're all really feeling the music or all really feeling what's going on right now. Um, yeah, so that's turn-taking and self-control. Um, and as I said, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited how this aspect of dancing, of participating in jam circles, is so clearly directly tied uh, to um, institutional racism. Uh, and kind of, I wouldn't say using dance as a tool to uh, understand it, but uh, if, we, if we are interested in black dance, uh, then I think it follows that uh, we would be interested uh, in, in, in black culture and see how black culture would, how participation in dance has meaning in black culture um, and how 
uh, our understanding of dance can then help us um, do the dance better, but also understand Latin culture better uh, outside of a context of dance. Not sure I made that point very clearly, uh, but anyways, what do you think my point was? Let me know in comments. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, and next week or in a few weeks, uh, I want to take this uh, to the end of this chapter on uh, debate, uh, which goes through uh, kind of how students change when Kaufman makes uh, this information available to them. When they describe to whites and to blacks what is going on with their classroom participation, uh, to what extent are they able to um, uh, adapt to each other, are they able to code switch. Um, and also the, ne the other part of that is how this uh, experience that Kaufman has in of argument of discussion in classrooms translates to uh, argument uh, like in negotiation in more wider settings uh, where things could get uh, emotional or hot and there are interactions and misunderstandings between whites and blacks. So good things coming up. Um, let me know what you think. Let me know um, how you see this as relevant, what's new, what's not new. Uh, I will see you uh, next week. Until then, take care.